1: Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. (laughs) (laughs) I almost got
0: you. You almost got me. Almost got you, baby. You. Although I was thinking, you haven't done that to me in a long time. You gotta
1: save it up. You got to save it up. You can't. Well, you let's gotta, let them know what we're doing.
0: You got to creep in on it. Yeah. Okay, so I obviously record the little intro about what episode we're on,
1: and then I mock you once he, in a while. He
0: mimics me like mm-hmm. you're listening to it, but he just like wiggles his head around like a bobblehead, <laughs> and like you're listening to better than it, you know. And I can see him out of the corner of my eye, and it makes me want to break yes. and laugh.
1: Yes, but you didn't. You held us together. Did a great job. That's
0: because I'm a trained thespian. That's
1: right. You just sounded like you had a smile in your voice.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I'm I I'm so glad you bring so much light to my life, and oh, I'm. You're
1: talking about the pod
0: pod people or me? I'm talking about you. Oh well, but, the pod people too. It, but also pod people, the podians. We are so excited to bring this brand new topic to you today. This is something that popped up in my After Hours community, which, hello, you are invited to, which we'll talk about in a little bit. It came up this topic around work-life balance, and it's one of those things that gets thrown out a lot in our culture. It's very popular popular in corporate America, like, oh, you really need to have balance, and I think it is such an ambiguous term that a lot of us are going, yeah, but how? yeah. Right. Okay. Great. I'll get right on that. And I still pulled. Still pulled in twenty different directions. Right.
1: Great buzz. Great buzzword. Right. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So that is what is in store for today. But you know that we love to kind of shoot the shit, warm the mics up, because that's a thing.
1: That is. Yeah. Well, are these? No, they're they're a little cold. I think we need to warm them up.
0: Oh, oh, are they? Yeah. With
1: a we... little segment we like to call. Would you
0: rather? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You really commanded that.
1: I commanded that. You really did. It was a great segue, wasn't it? I'm
0: giving you a lot of positive feedback. I
1: appreciate that. Warm fuzzy for me? Warm fuzzy for me.
0: (laughs) Wait, wait. Warm fuzzy. fuzzy.
1: Yay. (laughs) Okay, today's would you rather is would you rather have to use vinegar eye drops for a day?
0: Oh my God.
1: (laughs) Have to use them or oregano oil mouthwash? Have you ever used oregano oil in your mouth? I have not. Oh, it's brutal. Is it? It's brutal. Yeah.
0: Is that what you got instead of soap by your hippie mother?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it wouldn't have been a bad idea.
0: I'm going to wash your mouth out with oregano oil. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any soap in the house. Um, No, but you know when we were in aromatherapy training, we used different oils and we had wow. to put a drop underneath of our tongue and oh my god it lights you up
0: is it so it's burns yes wow
1: lights you up don't try this at home
0: honestly okay, but, but you can it's
1: not gonna hurt you but it's not fun
0: uh, yeah i hope we don't have to say don't try it at home jesus
1: like... uh, so, hey there's some <laughs> crazy mfs out there i know <laughs> yeah.
0: but, but, to my junkies i hope not well okay so but if either one of them is 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 at least a little diluted with water
1: yeah you're gonna burn your eyes or you're gonna burn your mouth that's kind of i'm gonna going go here. with
0: i'm gonna go with mouth mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i i actually use eye drops more often than the average person that's true you do i use them got that dry at eye. least twice a day so that would have a pretty severe implication for me versus my oral hygiene is not quite as <laughs> on
1: par. Nice. No, I'm just kidding. Nice.
0: No, I just, I don't, I don't typically You got use... a yuck
1: mouth because you don't brush. <laughs> for all you old schoolers out there, you remember that one, little Colgate commercial. You
0: got a yuck mouth because you don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start telling you, you got a yuck mouth.
1: You got a yuck mouth.
0: <laughs> Either when you say something mean, or if it actually smells bad, your breath I'm just going to say, yeah. you got a yuck mouth.
1: You can say, what happened to that cat? What cat? The one that shit in your mouth.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 well, this, this podcast is going downhill fast. Downhill fast. fast. Yeah. I still think that I would choose the mouthwash. I would too. I can't imagine dropping vinegar in my eyeball. I just can't. It's brutal
1: too. I don't know if I've ever done it, but just having... Vinegar, even like I hope you haven't in your it. mouth or something,
0: it's pretty. Ugh. It's worth, yeah. It's yeah. bad in the way that you're supposed to la, 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 la. <laughs> uh, consume it. So, yeah, I'm gonna go with oregano. You're gonna go with oregano oil.
1: Oregano, it is. All right. Let's have a landslide like last week. Goodness well, gracious. Well, we'll
0: see. Maybe yeah. some people are like, "Well, my vision's pretty bad anyway. Fuck it." Mm-hmm. You
1: mm-hmm. know, That's I don't. True. It just
0: seems to me like that pain would be worse pain. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not.
1: I don't know, man. That oregano sticks with you for a while.
0: Wow. Okay, so what we would love to hear from you is what you would rather. And we actually talk about it every single week over in my after-hours community, and this is a private Facebook group that I have created specifically for the podians. And it's a pretty it's pretty awesome. It's kind of this amazing little corner of the internet, and every single Monday we discuss the Would You Rathers, we talk about the biggest takeaway from the pod on Wednesdays, we do Warm Fuzzy Wednesday, Thursdays I always do a... Bonus training where I answer any questions that have come up from from the group that week. So you get additional info and ideas and camaraderie and support, and it's it's just amazing. Not to mention funny. And Mr. Smith pops in and regulates on the Would You Rather. All Love you have it. All you have to do to get there is go to thejoyjunkie dot com slash club. That redirects you right over to the group, and you can come hang out. Just look for the post for the Would You Rather, and let us know your After thoughts. Hour. <laughs> I I thought that would be great to make that a jingle, but I think it's just better for you to just... It's better to just
1: do it. You just throw it in there. It's easier on
0: Darlene. She doesn't have Mm -hmm. to worry about it. Mm -hmm.
1: And I enjoy it, so...
0: Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the lowdown on this work-life balance thing. Is this even like a thing? Who knows? (laughs) And I want to start off with a quote by Oprah, and it's going to be sort of the umbrella concept from which we operate today. And it is... You can have it all, just not all at once.
1: Mm, I have heard that before.
0: It's so good. It's such a good one. I really think that sometimes this notion that there is some kind of perfect balance just makes us feel awful, as though we're getting it wrong and other people are getting it right. When in reality, I think what's really happening at pretty much an epidemic level is we're applauding busyness in our society. We are demanding so much more out of everything. We're demanding more out of our intimate partnerships than we ever have in history. Hmm. Like, remember when marriage was business arrangement? Yeah. And now we want self-actualization from our partner, right? We are right. demanding more from our partnerships. We are demanding more from our parenting. Like remember when kids didn't have to have an audience for playing and yeah. their sports? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Now it's like you've got to go to every fucking baseball practice, not to mention the games, and you have to make custom homemade costumes to be the perfect Pinterest mom for, you know, Halloween, or you have to we have to twist and contour and we have to be philanthropists and we have to donate our time. And we have to be supreme in our work and cl- keep climbing up and keep adding all of these levels of success. And we have to have this perfect home. So we have gotten to this place in our society where, like Oprah said, yeah, just not all at once. Yeah, You can have a really, really beautiful, gorgeous relationship. You can have a really lucrative, beautiful, amazing career. And those things might have to give a little during other seasons of your life. It's it's really kind of the the jack-of-all-trade master of none. You can spend your energy in a ton of different places, but it's hard to do any of those things really, really well sure, because you're so diversified. But that also doesn't help us because a lot of times we think, well, I don't have the choice, right? Like I have to bake these cookies for my my kids' class. I already volunteered, and I have to work 10 hours a week. I already said I would do this project at work. I have to have this date with my partner. We already set it up. Like, wh- What do we do when we've gotten ourselves into sort of this vortex of extreme busyness where balance seems laughable, not even aspirational? Hmm. Now, I think that this really does vary for different people. And I I will say that for me, my work-life balance when I was working as a makeup artist and a corporate trainer, my work-life balance then was far, far harder to pay attention to than it is now. Yeah, But a lot of the reason why is because I noticed how unhappy that dynamic made me and I was just working to live mm-hmm. <laughs> and not really enjoying anything or having fulfillment in anything. I was working for somebody else's dream, not mine. My friendships weren't stronger. My re- my marriage wasn't stronger. My health sure as fuck wasn't better. I wasn't physically stronger. All I did was work. And so there had to be something else that was suffering. And that might be the situation that you're in. So, what I did is I got very clear that this was not the life or the feelings or the obligations or the emotional current that I wanted to be in long term, which is why I created what I have now. That's right. And why I, that became a very specific goal for me. And we're going to talk about that too. So, instead of looking at this as something we need to attain, like I need to attain balance, I want us to shift the focus and go a little bit more internal. And think about Am I living in accordance with my values, the things that I highly regard, the things that mean the most to me? Am I living in accordance with my priorities, the things that have the most merit? Hmm. And I would also like to introduce the concept of seasons and how I really think that in a lot of the different chapters of our life, what is the most important priority? varies dramatically. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you're going for a master's degree or you're going for a doctoral degree, writing your thesis or your dissertation, that little chapter of, of your life, nothing else might be nearly as important as getting through that. If you have a baby, you know that during those first couple of years, you are in a very different season than a majority of the population. So that that little scenario, that little snippet of your life might mean that your child is paramount. And other things take a back burner. It doesn't mean they're obliterated, but it means that they might not be the forerunner. They might not be in the front. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So so we'll explore that a little bit more as we go through here. But cool. first I want to talk about... So here's kind of how, how this will be broken down today. I'm going to talk about two ways that we get out of balance, and then I'll end with five hacks, five places to look, to get you back to a place that you feel happy in. Not that we're trying to attain this crazy societal version of being perfect in every role, aka balance, but really truly acknowledging how do we feel the most fulfilled. So the first two ways that I've kind of identified that we get out of balance are situationally out of balance or habitually out of balance. Hmm, okay. So let's talk about situationally out of balance. This is this is basically where something has disrupted your normal pattern of behavior, your normal pattern of life that has made it extremely difficult to exist both in your personal life and your work life. It's basically where they they bleed into each other, right? Where either something crazy is happening at work or something crazy is happening in life. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Perfect way that this whole topic even came about was through a Podience member who was a part of After Hours. And she had mentioned that going back to work after she had recently lost her mom mm. was really hard. And trying to get back into work after she was dealing with this death, even though she took, I believe she took like a month off bereavement, she still was having the hardest time going back to work And actually being present, every time she was working, she'd be thinking about her mom or she'd be thinking about these other scenarios. And then when she would get home, her mind would be, oh, my gosh, did I do enough at work? Did I do enough? Uh, And so she was really trying to balance her humanity. So first of all, one month is not all it takes to deal with death. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one thing. I, I remember when my dad died, I got like three days off. Like we got three bereavement days. And I was like, okay, cool. That should do it. That'll make it nice and tidy. And I remember going wow. back to work, which I was working in makeup at the time, and, and I kind of felt like I can't, for the life of me, pretend that lipstick matters right now. Right. Like, right. I just, this feels so trite and trivial, and why the fuck, would, yeah. So, so what I'm wanting to say about this is it is irrational for us to try to progress business as usual when our life is not business as usual. When we're up against something like dealing with death or a massive loss, any kind of loss. It could be a breakup. It could be a divorce. It could be a diagnosis that you're grappling with either for yourself or for maybe a child or a loved one. It could be that you're moving and you are just you've got so much going on in your home that it's hard for your mind to separate being at work and being productive in in that capacity. So, this is where I think it can be really helpful to adopt the idea of the season. Like this right now is not the norm. Having a toddler is not going to be the norm for the rest of my life. Right. Going through this move is not going to be the norm. Being in the throes of this grief and this despair is not going to be the norm for my life. We're in a we're situationally out of balance. Now, this can also happen, I think, on the flip side, where we are situationally out of balance at our workplace. I think this happens less frequently, and I'll explain what I mean. There can be a season that's happening at your workplace where maybe there is a shift in ownership, like an acquisition or a merger, where there really is a season of, oh my gosh, a lot of uncertainty and instability, where your mind might be really acutely wrapped up in work during this season. Okay. Might be easier to forget about the soccer practice or forget about the laundry or the Mm -hmm. date nights or whatever because you are engulfed in this issue that's happening at work. Now, that does happen in some people's workplaces, and sometimes it's situational like for accounting where you have a season of tax season. That is a motherfucking nightmare if anybody knows any CPAs. like That's like death, right? And there's other industries like bridal season or things like that for various different career paths. So you might have something like that that's built in. To your career, maybe it's you travel every summer for two weeks or something like that. That's when we can kind of acknowledge okay, this is situational. This doesn't happen as all the time. So let me just kind of adapt to what I need. And I'm going to give you a a tool to use with that. But what I think happens far more often is a culture of urgency and breakdown and shifts and changes and new management and trying a new system. A lot of times we have things like that that are commonplace in our workforce or they are chronically and habitually stressful no matter what. Hmm. So the the balance that we're trying to attain is virtually impossible because we're in a workplace that either is extremely toxic, is very negative to us, we're overworked and we're getting to burnout. So I want you to kind of look at Is my is this thing that's happening at work that feels so stressful? If that's the case for you, is it something that I see the light at the end of the tunnel, or is this kind of what I'm signing up for? If I stay, Hmm. am I signing up for ten-hour days, twelve-hour days? Am I signing up for management that doesn't listen to me? Am I signing up for getting overlooked for a promotion? Whatever you have to analyze your current state of affairs. So regardless what's happening for you, whether it's work intensity whether it is life, shit that's going on for you, I want you to ask yourself, how can I best take care of myself during this season?
1: Hmm, okay, I like that. It's a good mantra.
0: I, I think so because usually what we look at is how can I keep everything perfect during this time? How can <laughs> I make sure no balls get dropped even though I'm mourning the loss of my parent?
1: Right, right.
0: How can I make sure that I flawlessly handle all of these presentations while I'm running off to the bathroom to pump my boobs (laughs) because I have an infant at home?
1: I hate when that happens.
0: (laughs) No, but I'm serious. These are really real situations that we kind of go, even though I'm in this season, I still have to act as though I am not. That is not self-care. That is not being loving to yourself and reasonable. I mean, it's, it's just not even... Reasonable. <laughs> so I want you to ask yourself, how can I best take care of myself during this season? And this is if, once again, you are situationally out of balance. Something has been like a wrench thrown into your spokes and it feels out of the loop right now. Conversely, I want to talk about habitually out of balance. Okay. I would say... That for many of us, we go through both of these things, but habitually out of balance, I think, is kind of the epidemic that I was talking about at the beginning of the show, that we are saying, work 10 hours, also text everybody back, also be skinny and very strong. Also, have lots of really great sex and beautiful a beautiful relationship, intimate partnership. Also, nurture all of your friendships and make sure everybody feels taken care of. And be personally evolved and always educate yourself and make sure that you're learning. and Like, <laughs> do, really? Like, okay. Who the fuck has time for that? Like, we really can only do so much. And I really think we need to start owning that. And we need to start claiming that. Burnout right now is on the rise. The, and it's even a buzzword in certain career fields because people tend to burn out so often because they are overextending beyond our human capacity. So I think that a lot of this has to do with our society. And we don't get to lean on that, guys. We don't get to lean on that and say, well, my hands are tied. I can't do anything for my own health. I'm hoping that I've shown you that that is possible. Does it happen overnight? No. But when I realized that I was in a situation that was not fostering a good emotional health for me, I started to create a plan and go, okay, what's that going to look like if I escape this work environment?
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: So here's what I want you to do if you think that you might be habitually out of balance, which essentially means I always feel behind. I always feel overwhelmed. I'm chronically stressed out. I feel like I'm coming up short in all of my relationships. I feel like I'm failing my kids. I'm feel And I mean it sounds horrible, but so many people feel that. Wow. Really? I mean, people share that with me daily that that's how they're feeling. If that's the case for you, then it sounds as though you are habitually out of balance, that it has become your norm to almost be like a rat race, you know, mm-hmm. or the, like the hamster wheel. I mixed up my rodent metaphors. (laughs) (laughs) So you're in that that hamster wheel and you're just always going and always trying to pick up the pieces and then wondering, why the fuck am I not happy? That is the narrative for so many people.
1: Absolutely. I think something else to throw in here is of the top 10 most suicide rate prone uh, occupations are healthcare providers, Mm. doctors, pharmacists, scientists, Like, all the people that are in our healthcare system or service providers, electricians, lawyers, those kinds of people, those are all at risk Wow! because they deal with the public more.
0: Oh, how interesting.
1: Yeah. Yes, we're social animals. Yes, we're pack animals. But when the pack gets too big, we don't think that we can provide for that many people. We start thinking more about how we are not going to fulfill our destiny. Or that we can't live up to the promises that we have made for our people or our job or whatever it might be. Right. So dealing with the public is a big reason for you know what we call a work-life balance right. because people require more from yeah. you; they ask more of you.
0: You know, it's really interesting that you bring that up because, as I've mentioned to you guys, I'm studying hypnotherapy right now to be a licensed, or I guess, a certified hypnotherapist this year. And they call those message units. Hmm. And it's basically where we can only process a certain amount of message units per day before we reach the point where we shut down.
1: Interesting. Interesting. And
0: message units are comprised of both our subconscious and conscious thoughts and any type of external stimuli. So it's basically like we have a threshold, So no wonder at the end of the day that threshold has been depleted and if you've been dealing with the public, you've been dealing with a shit ton of stimuli. Yep. So your tendency that you're going to kind of snap at your kids or snap at your spouse or have zero energy or just not be present, even if you're not snappy, you're just not present because you can't compute anymore.
1: Right, right. You've
0: used up the bandwidth and the solution for that is scale down on the message units, right? (laughs) So what I want you to do here is entertain the idea of priorities. And here is the exercise that I would like for you to do, taking pen to paper. In order of most important, I want you to list out for yourself, and you might have to list them first and then reorganize them. So maybe type it, I don't know. I'm sure there's an app. Put them in order of importance of these are the things that matter the absolute most to me in my life just period okay so you you'll probably have some things that are like social justice or spirituality my religion my faith something like that that's kind of global you'll have things that are more immediate like my my partner is the this is what i would say my most important thing to me is my relationship with myself like that i can't do anything for anybody else until like that's my most important thing absolutely next thing is probably you probably my relationship oh, with me? mr smith
1: Oh, this guy, yeah, oh, thank you.
0: that guy. Then I would probably go to uh probably friendships, then there would be probably my work there you know, I could kind of categorize all of these things, and I'd throw in some other things in there that matter a lot to me, like social justice, et cetera. But if I were to take a look at that list, order by importance, so the top is the most important, and then next to each of them, list out a percentage of how much time or energy. That element of your life gets. So if you say to me, the absolute most important thing in your life is your children, but they get very little time with you or the time they do get with you, you're not even present with them. That shows me a difference of priorities, that the priority is more so about the work and probably providing, that the priority is actually delivering and provisional for the family.
1: Now, do you want to do this by week, month, year? Like what's the... So time the frame.
0: container. I would just say take a, a snapshot of where you are now.
1: Currently, yeah. Okay. Like okay. what?
0: What do I think now? Or the what would I say now? Are gotcha. the most important things. And currently, how much time and energy are they taking up? Got it. Right. So you've got that next to it, and then a little bit further to the right, next to that, I want you to write the percentage you would rather it be.
1: So it's a would you rather?
0: It's a, oh wait I'm sorry I thought that was my segment. <laughs> It's, oh, it's a would you rather. Yeah, it's funny. Anytime, I was not prepared for this. Anytime, so, uh, by the way, I say, what would you rather? Like, what would you rather feel? What would you to my students? And deep down and dirty, they're yeah, like, yeah. would you rather? Yeah. You know, yeah. It's so great. That's Anybody great. else here, Mr. Smith, saying, would you rather? Every time. Yeah. <laughs> so th- basically, what we're doing here is we're comparing are we in integrity? with what we claim are the most important things in our life. Because here's what's real. Here's the percentage of time and Mm. energy that's been allocated. And then here's what I would rather it be. And that was very much my case, where I could look at my life and say, okay, I'm saying that my friends and my well-being and my husband are the most important things in my life. But when we look at my time and energy – all of my time and energy for the most part was wrapped up in the work bucket.
1: Huh.
0: So uh, that's not of integrity for me, right? I can't say that these things matter the most and then do something that's incongruent. Yeah. So then I had to look at well what would I what are the percentages that I would rather have them? <laughs> I would rather have a lot more time with my spouse. I'd rather have a lot more time for my own health and well-being. So there was a lot of things that were born out of this realization. And what I want you to know right now is you do not have to leave your job now. You don't need to find a new solution. What I want you to start doing is just thinking about this stuff. Because a lot of times we'll progress through our work feeling like we have no choice. Well, I can't just leave my job. Well, I can't just throw my degree away. Well, I can't just, I could never say that to my boss. Or no, I can't just, I can't, I can't, I can't. And you know what we're going to say about can't.
1: Put it in the trash can? Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Throw it in the trash can. I'm not interested in what you can't do. I am interested in what you can do. And you need to be focused on what you can do. What you can do, everybody out there listening, is create a plan, is create a system or a scenario or a goal checklist to get you to the place where you can be in alignment with the things that matter the most to you. But it will take a plan, and the first start of that plan is acknowledging what is. Is this sustainable? Is this something that is going to have long-term effects? If I don't pay attention to my marriage and I'm still throwing everything into work, what are the long-term effects? How much longer can we do this partnership this way? What are the long-term effects on my children? What are the long-term effects on my fucking health? Okay. The reason why I say it like that is – I think I've mentioned this to you guys in another pod. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. There is a, a brilliant doctor by the name of Aviva Rom. Again, check the what show a great notes. Name. Yeah, it's, I'm not sure what her family of origin is or her um, ethnic background, but yeah, it's really beautiful. Nice. And she's brilliant. And she's kind of this perfect hybrid between traditional Western medicine and Eastern philosophies. And she does a lot around adrenal fatigue and thyroid disorders and of a lot of imbalance that you guys are caused by fucking burnout by doing too much by an overload of message units, chronic stimuli, not being able to rest and recharge. It's why we have sleep problems. It's why we have anxiety disorders. It's why we have addictions because we don't have proper rest. We don't have a proper way in which we can allow our parasympathetic nervous system to calm our asses down. Yeah. This is why many of you, if you are chronic workaholics or just chronically overloaded all the time, you go on vacation and it takes you two or three days to get into a place where you can relax.
1: Yeah.
0: That's definitely my case. I'm much better now, but I used to ha- I was like, I was still in sympathetic, like fight or flight, like putting out this fire and this fire and this fire and troubleshoot and get this and that and this. Mm-hmm. And we're not designed to fire on all cylinders like that. Right. That That will lead to physical manifestations, whether it's addictions or nervous breakdowns, panic attacks, things like that. So what are the long-term effects of being habitually out of balance? Sometimes it is just straight up unhappiness. That what I'm doing is putting my happiness on hold because I've bought into this notion that I have to do all the things all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. So I am going to list out five things that are just kind of like the hacks of where you want to focus. So for all of you guys listening, these are basically the solutions, the ways to start shifting that. Now, coincidentally, all five of these, which I did not realize when I put it together, all five of them I have done specific podcasts on.
1: Oh, good. Perfect.
0: So I want you to think about this and go, where are your sticking points amongst this list? And then I want you to go to the show notes and find the additional episode. And get more guidance on your sticking point, all right? So here are the five hacks. These are the, like, okay, great, Amy. I get it. Yes, I am (laughs) habitually out of balance. Now what? What do I do? First thing, got to get a handle on that perfectionism or the all or nothing thinking. Hmm. This is where the reason why we're stressed out is because all of those things that we've piled on our plate have to be done with such accuracy, precision, and in such a particular way that we hold on with a death grip of control of things that that are not that meaningful, right? They're they're when we stress about things that just don't matter in the grand scheme of things, but we're like, no one else can do it but me. Or the all or nothing, which is I either do it flawlessly and all out, or I do it not at all.
1: (laughs) Yes, you are black and white a lot of times. You've though, learned the gray. You've learned the gray.
0: I've learned the gray. I've learned the gray a lot more. And I have to ask myself, too, like, is this really that important?
1: Do you know Fifty Shades of Gray, though?
0: Uh, ah, you should know the answer to that. I
1: should. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hashtag not my jam. <laughs> Hashtag
1: li- not my jam either.
0: Yeah, it's good. I like to be comfortable. I don't need Hashtag you,
1: it's cool if it's your jam.
0: I don't need you to to beat my ass in yeah, order so. to. yeah. But, yeah, no no judgment, though. <laughs> no judgment Knock at all. Knock yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Okay. Number one. <laughs> Well played, Mr. Smith. Well played. Oh my gosh. All right. Perfectionism. All or nothing thinking. This is where a lot of times where we don't delegate, we don't give to anyone else, we don't break up chores with the family because goddammit, they can't do the laundry right way, Mm. so I better just do it my way. Mm -hmm. And then guess who's overwhelmed all the time? You. Exactly. So check the show notes if perfectionism or all or nothing thinking tend to hit home for you. Number two, you have got to build in downtime. This is mandatory. Like I mentioned on a physiological basis, we are not designed to be in fight or flight all the time. We are designed to be in fight or flight when we actually need to fight or flee. Yes. Not when we're deathly afraid of what the boss is going to say to us. But that's where our system kicks in. So we need to get into parasympathetic, which is tend and befriend, as opposed to (laughs) fight or flight. So getting into that parasymp- parasympathetic is coming down from that, allowing time to crash, allowing time to
1: I, I was just gonna say that kind of ties into the perfectionism mm. a little bit. A lot of perfectionists think that if they rest that they're not being yes. perfect. That's right. And I think you possibly might have a program that is designed to thwart that. <laughs> isn't
0: it (laughs) you're the best oh my gosh you're so sweet because i get going and i forget yeah so so here's the deal with perfectionism in particular this is one of the biggest hot button topics that i deal with constantly in my work constantly i would say two of the most pervasive things that i hear are around people pleasing and perfectionism Mm -hmm. i am not valuable unless other people love me and approve of me people pleasing i am not valuable unless i am flawless perfection perfectionism and i don't know if you caught this last week but my very popular five shifts workshop is available for you now and any anybody can access it there's tons of different dates and times it can be found at the joyjunkie.com/workshop and essentially what this is are the five major shifts that i see that you must make If you want to let go of perfectionism, people-pleasing, feeling not enough, constantly self-doubting, feeling like you need to control everything, Hmm. nearly everybody that I talk to that I work with, that I take through deep down and dirty or work with in a client basis, have some issue around not enough, worthiness, Mm -hmm. not deserving of things, something like that. If that's you, or if you definitely identify with the people-pleasing or the perfectionism, go check out the workshop. There's tons of great nuggets in there mm-hmm. and it's the specific process i take people through in deep down and dirty and it'll explain to you why some stuff sticks and why some stuff doesn't
1: yeah i know i would <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is right okay great thank you for reminding me about that i did not want to forget to tell you about that workshop again show notes will have the link or you can always get there by going to the slash workshop all right, so for the hacks, we've got number one, watch perfectionism or all-or-nothing thinking. Number two, build in downtime. You must need – you must, must, must recharge. Yes. It's, yes. it's actually the reason we sleep even. Yeah. We sleep to heal. Yeah. Ever go to sleep with a cut and it's a lot better in the morning? Our body is tries to heal. Ever wake up with a bad dream? It's our psyche trying to heal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We need that time to recover from all of the stimuli that we receive during the day. Number three, build a plan for change.
1: Mm, I like this one.
0: This is where we start looking at if you have found yourself in this habitually out of balance place, if you look at the long term effects and they are going to be detrimental to either your kids or your health or your life, your happiness. It could be that you see a divorce in your future or your kids acting out at school or you see something that you know is not sustainable. Then, honey, you got to build a plan. We need to create an exit strategy. And if that is the case, particularly related to work, I just recently did a pod about how to break out of a shitty job. Now, it could be that you actually like the work, but you need it to be at another organization or something like that. Still listen to that episode if this hits home for you because there's a lot of tactics and things that you could do to get the ball rolling as you kind of create this plan and decide we've got to create some sort of change. Maybe it's working yeah. from home a couple of days a week, something like that. Maybe yeah. it's another organization starting your own biz. Who knows? And it doesn't have to be overnight, you guys. That It does not have to be overnight. This is about, oh, I'm recognizing that this is cannot be long-term. And this is why I'm putting this plan in place. Number four, ask for help or allow for help in both areas. So that means if there's people you can ask for help at work, do that. If there's people you can ask for help at home, do that. My only caveat is do not ask the people who hold it over your head. Don't ask the people who the cost is too high. (laughs)
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: ask the allies ask the people who are already volunteering and if you are that person at work or at home who is always volunteering stop volunteering stop saying I'll take it or I'll stay late or I'll, don't worry I'll take care of it I'll handle it stop doing that yeah stop it and the, <laughs> I have a whole podcast about that about why we don't want to receive help we don't want to allow that and we need to knock that the fuck off we really <laughs> do we A lot of shit we need to know. I'm worked up today. I've been worked You up. are. Yeah, I got worked at head class this morning. I can morning. feel the
1: heat off your body. I can yeah. feel it.
0: <laughs> All right. So, and then number five, eliminate, postpone, and delegate. I don't know as if I have one specifically on that. I might have one around overwhelm, but I'll have to check on that. But this kind of follows suit with the asking for help. It might actually be in that podcast as well. Look at things that you have on your calendar or on your to-do list that you don't even need to do. Like you could actually just eliminate it altogether. It's something that just straight up doesn't fucking matter. And it's rooted in perfectionism or something like that. Hmm. Postpone. Maybe it's not the season. Maybe we can just put this off to next month or next week. Or maybe it doesn't have to be handled immediately. Maybe there's triage to happen. Like, here's the most important thing for me to take care of. And this is going to have to get pushed to even 2020 or something Mm. like that. Yeah. And then finally, delegate. This is probably the hardest one for me. I think it's a hard thing for a lot of people who struggle with perfectionism because we can do it better. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And I have had to learn that... Sometimes being better at it just doesn't fucking matter yes. as much as the relief matters. That's so true. So, so do I want to fight about how we organize the dishes and the dishwasher? Or do I want to let you do it your way and just not even think about it?
1: Or how the pillows are organized on the couch or those kinds of things.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah. You're like, and let me just mention <laughs> this a little
1: bit. <laughs> just poke you a I'm bit.
0: pretty good about no, that. No, you are
1: pretty good. You absolutely are.
0: You I absolutely really are. have let go of a lot of it. Because yeah. guess what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. You're and right. nothing, nothing happens.
1: What are the initials? EPD? The three, oh, the three oh. things?
0: Oh, yeah. EPD. Yeah. Are you done with EPD? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you
1: know do. me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's I your need new EPD. That's right. <laughs> Every last homie. Every last <laughs> homie.
1: Needs EPD. That's right. That's right.
0: Okay, so the quick little recap for the hacks. Watch that perfectionism or all or nothing thinking. That's number one. Number two. Build in your downtime. You must recharge, okay? Figure it out. Figure it out. Number three, build a plan for change. Number four, ask for help or allow help, especially if it's already been volunteered. And number five, get down with EPD. Eliminate, postpone, delegate. Mm. (laughs) I love that, babe. That's great. So don't forget to check. The show notes today, there's going to be an arsenal of links for you to check out, including the one to Aviva Rom and her work. She has a great book about this, about burnout and overwhelm. And if that is you and you find that you're in that perpetual chronic state, that is a large piece of what I talk about in this workshop. Yeah. It's dealing with stress. It's dealing with overwhelm. And. Well, how can we actually change that? What are, what are those steps? So thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Be sure to check that out if you haven't already. And I think that's everything I wanted to share. This was a good one. It
1: was a good one. Maybe. May I add something? Of course. Something that I try to implement in my own life and also with my clients being a, a healthcare provider mm. is the law of conservation of energy. Mm. And that states that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transformed or transferred. Yep. Right. So if we think about stress in that way and we do not let it out of our bodies, it becomes other things. It becomes cancer. It becomes autoimmune diseases. It becomes joint problems. It becomes back pain. It becomes, you know, Mm -hmm. loss of eyesight, hearing loss. You know, any of those things can be attributed to our immune system and to our stress levels. So finding ways to transform or transfer that stress is the way, because what we're all searching for is not work. Life balance, because work is a part of our life. Right. At the end of the day, that's part of life, is working. Yeah. So we're talking about life balance, Mm. right? If we're talking about life balance, then we're talking about stress in general. Yes. And if we talk about stress in general, we can say that it cannot be destroyed, right? It's going somewhere. It's going somewhere. So where do you want to put it? Right. Where is your avenue to put that energy? That's right. Is it to bottle it up, hold on to it, not let it out? Guess what? You're in for a surprise, right?
0: Well, we see it on a very small level when, and for some reason, culturally, we wrap our heads around this. If, if I've been chronically stressed out, or you know, running, my mom would say, "Burning the candle at both ends," and then you come down with a cold, you get sick. Mm-hmm. We can wrap our heads around that correlation, right? But we can't wrap our heads around the idea that okay, I was chronically in a stressful marriage for 20 years. No wonder I have these physical manifestations. Mm-hmm. No wonder. I have issues with my joints or no wonder I, I, right? Like we don't ever think about those as being a transference of energy. That's right. But it can be.
1: That's right. And, and, and just like like any energetic form, we are an energetic form. That's right. And there are people, knowing or not, that will transfer it to you or transfer it to someone else because that's their avenue of getting rid of that stress. Yes. That, or maybe that's how they were taught how to get rid of their stress, right? Yelling or
0: so good, babe.
1: Putting people down or whatever it might be. That's the avenue that they know. So that's the avenue that they take. Yes. So you can either flip the switch on and accept that energy, right? Or you can keep that off. You don't have to accept that, right? That's
0: when I go. I'm currently not accepting. Any piles I'm currently not of accepting shit.
1: any piles of shit. That's exactly right.
0: So good, babe. Um,
1: and if you think of it like a light switch. You know, when you turn a light switch on, you're not using energy. You're, that potential energy is being uh, transferred, mm-hmm. right? It's being transformed into light. Right. So we have to think of stress the same
0: way. Yep. End of the day. So good. And I'm pretty sure I have a couple pods on stress too. So check out the show notes. There's going to be an arsenal of resources for you. Don't forget to check out that workshop and d- take some real time for that for yourself. To pay attention because you matter, my friend. Mm-hmm. You matter more than that stupid report that your boss needs. You matter more <laughs> than the laundry. You matter more than pretty much anything you decide. You matter more than. <laughs> Touche. That it's a choice, right? Because the verdict's out. So it's your choice. Yeah. Or the jury's out, I guess I should say. Cool. I think that's a wrap. I think it's a wrap. All right. So what do we say? We will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life.
1: Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.